I'm Brett Coleman, and you're listening to the Sounds of the Loom podcast. afternoon or evening, depending on when this finds you. Welcome to the Sound of the Loons podcast. I'm your host, Steve McPherson, and with me is Callum Williams. And Cal, you know I like to lead with only the hardest-hitting questions. Mm. So please, rank the seasons for me. Rank the seasons? Yes. Um, I want your comprehensive ranking of the seasons. Fall is number one for me. Good man. I would say spring is probably two, summer three, winter four. Okay. Simple enough. Okay. So, why at fall is it uh, your birthday? No, fall. I just do you know why this is so very how very European of me. But um, <laughs> fall. The reason I like fall so much, Steve, is because in my opinion, you can wear better clothes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so um, I've got a, a, a very big sort of uh, parka jacket. I think you would describe it as maybe, sure. um, which I've worn on the air a few times. Actually, a big brown thing, which I, I absolutely love and adore. Um, I can't wear that when it's. 80 degrees in the summer, you know. Yes. So, um, and, and today we're both wearing cardigans. Yes. Which, um, uh, you know, I, I feel as though I, I enjoy wearing a cardigan. They are very snuggly. I'm a snuggly human being. Yes. So, um, <laughs> if there's one word I would use to describe you, it's snuggly. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I like fall because um, I'm a snuggly human being. There we go. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I, I also like fall. I think that's my, my number one choice. I've, al- I've often wondered if, if it uh, the fact that my birthday is in the fall has some has something to do with that. Uh, but I also agree with you on the fashion point. Um, as someone who is a, f- a firm sweater, hoodie, Connoisseur. jeans, <laughs> you know, like I, I, I like that stuff. I, I think that that whether you get to it's a little it's a little cooler than that now. But that point where you could wear essentially a hoodie and jeans and be comfortable outside mm-hmm. or, you know, it, you can go running, uh, but it's, it, 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 you don't have to like bundle up, nor do you get so hot that you feel like you're overheated. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's a good, it's a good point right there. Um, I really dislike summer. Uh, you really dislike summer. Okay. Yeah. Uh, not like, I mean, I like the parts of summer that are not like summer. I really don't like being hot. I like the early summer. I like, uh, I, I think spring jumped up there. I think when I was a kid, okay, controversial. Mm. High school, high school, Steve, I would say um, probably winter number one. Really? Yeah. As someone who grew up in, in Massachusetts, I loved snow okay. and I loved uh, like f- softly falling snow. I grew up in a rural area, which was, you know, it was, it was beautiful. So, so winter was way up there for me. I think probably... Um, fall was maybe second, maybe summer second. Okay. Cause I really liked summer when I was in high school as well. Cause you weren't in school, which was good. Mm. Um, I, uh, and then maybe fall and then maybe, uh, spring. I really disliked spring. I hated wet, dirty snow, which is a thing that's, uh, I just I hated it when it was raining and there was snow out. Like I just felt, it felt so gross. You'd have hated England then. No, I. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I've come around on it now. Now I feel like fall is my favorite. Uh, spring is second. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I think I mean obviously I live in Minnesota, so I think I have to put 
I think if they were equal, I would put summer last, except that summer is so much shorter and we get so much less of it and we get so much winter here right. that I, I just, you know, I'd rather just put winter at the bottom. So I, I, I get it, but don't, don't you enjoy, you know, when, when we, um, when we have the, uh, the summer here, don't you love all the, the rooftops and everything? Yeah. I think that's that's the one thing I I love um, about this city more than most. Someone told me a while ago that there are more rooftop restaurants and bars in the Twin Cities than any other city in um, uh, in America. Which, Seems fair. Uh, it's wonderful, but I was surprised considering, as you just mentioned, we have so much winter here. Yes. Um, but where, where I live, Steve, downtown Minneapolis, there's... There's loads and loads of rooftop restaurants and whatnot, and, and I love that. So that's why I wouldn't put summer at the bottom. That's why I put winter at the bottom. Yeah, and that's fair. I think that summer, the the sort of the, the early summer phase is so nice here, and that I think eating and drinking outside is one of the best things. Yes. I mean, certainly when I first moved here and I was in my, I was like my late twenties, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of year. I was a little younger than you, but um, but I um, I really enjoyed just people getting together and hanging out yes. and, and going out for drinks and things like that and mm-hmm. being able to hang out outside. So uh, I don't do that as much as I used to at one at one time now. I probably um, do too much. But. Yeah, that's, that's fair. That's <laughs> fair. Uh, the other thing I don't like right now is that everybody in my family is sick. Like literally, every, I am sick. My wife is sick. Mm. Both my kids are sick. Um, I, the other thing I wanted to – this is, this is a, another, another pre-actual podcast question I wanted to ask you that I just thought of. What are your favorite uh, – like not necessarily home remedies, but when you're not feeling well, like what's your go-to for Ooh. I want to feel better? Uh, that's not just like, you know, loading up on ibuprofen or something. I was just about to say ibuprofen, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a very good question, Steve. Um, I'll, here, I'll start. Okay. Yes, go on. I had a couple things in mind so you can, you can okay. think about it as I'm saying it. Uh, first of all, if you're congested, which is what I am right now, um, like a, a really hot shower. Like just first thing in the morning Mm -hmm. and what I like to do, and this is a very odd, I'm going to explain something that's odd that I do in the shower, but it's not not (laughs) going where you think it. Um, I will turn up the heat a lot and then I will put my hands over my nose. I'm doing this right now. You can Mm -hmm. see it's sort of like a little tent. And then I let the hot water run onto my hands and then I sort of inhale the steam that comes, you know, this was sort of running down below your face. And I just breathe that really deeply, just okay. get everything going, which is great. And then the other, the other, my other go-to is uh, hot water with lemon and honey, like just straight up. Yep. That combo. If your throat is hurting, I don't do the throat coat or anything like that. I just want natural honey and lemon in hot water. So that that's that's a good one. I've I've uh, heard of this before. Um, a couple of chaps at the BBC um, once told me. Um, Obviously, with us being commentators, you, you use your vocals more than most throughout the year. And there are a few times where, you know, you, you feel a little strain in your throat and there are certain techniques and certain things that you have to drink. And, and the pot water with lemon and, and honey was, was certainly up there. Yeah. Um, so that's a good one. The, the, the one I, I, I always, always crave whenever I'm ill, especially when the weather was like it was over, the, over on the Sunday, by the way, you know, when the, the snow was coming in, I thought, oh, my goodness me, you know, already. <laughs> um, what I was craving, that there were two things I was craving. Number one, I could get very easily, but I, I didn't leave my pajamas on Sunday um, because I had no intention of going outside. Why would you? Um, 
I, I was craving uh, grilled cheese with tomato soup. Oh, that is a fantastic. I mean, that's just day. winner straight yeah. away, you know. Um, but I the, believe that's what my kids had for lunch on Sunday. I mean, jealous, you know, just absolutely <laughs> wonderful. Um, you know what's good? You put a little popcorn. We had a little leftover popcorn. My my mother-in-law had her popcorn. 70th birthday. Yes, tomato soup. You put a little little cheesy popcorn on top of there. Oh, okay, okay. That, good, I mean, that's good. I'll have to give that a go. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> God, you guys and your combinations over here—it's wonderful. Um, the, the other thing which which I always crave, um, especially when I'm ill, is my grandmother's Irish stew. Mm. This is something that I grew up with, and still to this day, in my opinion, it is the best stew in the world. She has magical healing properties. Just absolutely everything you would want in life, yeah. and. Um, you know, my, my grandmother is in her late 80s now, and she has perfected this over the years. And I think she perfected it long before I was around because the reputation exceeds itself, and it is very much um, a family. Um, everyone knows in the family, everyone knows about it, um, and it has a, a sterling reputation. So um, if I could, I would bring bucket loads of it over here for everyone <laughs> to try. Um, it must but, be hard um, to transport. I yeah, know. I'm not sure uh, Not sure immigration would, would allow yeah. you to do that anymore. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that, that's... For me, if, if ever I'm feeling ill, um, my grandmother's Irish stew always made me feel much better. Does it have uh, Guinness in it? Does it have any kind of... <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Which, that would be good. That would be good, actually. No, it's, you know, you... you Regular carrots, dumplings, mashed potatoes, and um, minced uh, beef, mm. which she puts into like uh, she makes them into balls. Sure, and and it's just uh, as I said, um, just absolutely unbelievable. Sounds and true. Um, you know, all the seasonings you would ever want and everything. And yes, I just just for me, when you think of food, it defines perfection. Sure, sure. Have you had a pho or pho? I believe as it's properly called the Vietnamese soup. There's. Mm. You give me a look no, like, no, you haven't. Okay. No. Uh, in the Twin Cities, we have a lot of great Vietnamese mm-hmm. uh, restaurants. Uh, I recommend Quang, particularly, which is on Nicolette uh, on Eat Street. Great name. Uh, yes, Quang is terrific. <laughs> there's, a, But there's a lot of, I believe it's pronounced pho. It looks like pho, P-H-O. Okay. Um, but it is, you know, it's this broth with noodles. You can get different things in, in it. You know, you can get, like, roast pork or dumplings. And um, it's... Tremendous, and Callie and I, my wife and I, got that last night uh, for takeout because we were both feeling ill. It's one of those things. It's not your grandmother's Irish stew, I'm sure, but if you're looking for something along those lines, it does have a healing property to it. That just uh, it 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 feels like you're making yourself better just 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 having some pho. So Sounds I, good. D- downtown is it? Um, well, this is on Eighth Street, so it's a, the one I'm talking about is on Nicolette and like 28th. Okay. Ish, so South Minneapolis. Sure. But uh, I'm sure there are faux places downtown. Um, we'll ask our good friend Google at some stage and yeah. uh, we'll figure it out. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's move on to the uh, painful part of this uh, podcast, uh, this last uh, game against Colorado. Um, let's let's not mince words. <laughs> that game was a complete travesty. I think that uh, given the relative health of the squad – you know, uh, and the quality of the opponent. That I mean, that's got to be one of the worst losses this team has had in MLS. Um, what an absolutely unbelievably bad, ridiculous, uh, undeniably terrible ninety minutes of nonsense that was. I I just. That's unacceptable, Steve. It is yeah. ridiculous to perform like that in front of your home fans 
against a team like Colorado Rapids, that's unacceptable. They all know this. All the players know this. Yeah, I, um, I, I heard the I wasn't down in the locker room. I was working on my recap, but I heard the locker room was like a funeral, you know, like after after that game, it was just guys knew it. You yeah, know? they were uh, they, they weren't like, oh, I guess that was bad. It, it yeah. seems like it came off badly. And, you know, there's, it's been suggested already that several of them are already, have already got their flip flops on and they're in vacation mode. I, I don't think that's the case. No, no in the group like like we do. I, I don't think that's the case. They're all sort of. There is sort of a blue-collar attitude with this team, where it's you work hard and, yeah. and you, you know, you make things happen. I think it's I think it's a little facile, and I, you see this after any time in any sport when a team loses to simply be like, oh well, they've they've already checked out, or that was lazy, or they weren't working hard. I think it's I think it's almost always more complicated than that. I'm not saying that there can't be an element of, you know, it doesn't even have to be conscious, a subconscious sense of you're getting to the tail end of the season and you're just like, you know, if everybody is a little bit low, the whole team just looks low. Mm. But I, I do think it's a little too easy to just say, you know, oh, they've blown it off. You know, right. I think you can I think you can be very present and work very hard and still fail. Like this, yep, this is yep, life. Like yep. that, that yeah, it, it's happened to all of us, you know? So yeah. I just, I, and I, you know, I, I don't want to make an excuse. I just want to say that I think by and large, if you look at most things in life, they're more complicated than you think they are. Oh, right. I completely agree with that. But also it, it was an absolute disgrace of a performance. Mm -hmm. you, you can't perform Not like that. With you. Um, you know, look, and look, credit to Colorado. They came in with the game plan and it clearly worked, but Against a team like that, you you know, I, I don't need to go through the numbers. Everyone has seen them over social media or, or league previews or whatever. You should be beating a team like that more than comfortably. With the players that Minnesota have at their disposal, you, you should be beating a team like that, no problem. Yes. I'm wondering if Jack Price is still wandering around the Twin Cities, still, because he seems to have the freedom of it. <laughs> I've never seen a player have so much space to do whatever he wanted to do with it. On a, on a football field, um, I I don't understand why it took so long to identify this and 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 look at well, let me rephrase that because it was identified. I just don't think the players were, I don't think the players in that particular area of the field were doing their due diligence. I thought it was a terrible game from from Bob and Maximiano, mm -hmm. um, and not to I, I don't want to call out individuals here because that's not why we're here. But um, I I just for for me I've never seen a midfielder. Um, like Jack Price, have as much room as he did um, at, at any level anywhere in the world. I thought it was unbelievable. And, um, you know, they, they brought on Ibsen um, late on, or midway through the second half, rather, to to, to say to, <laughs> to the other uh, players in midfield, look, we, we need another body in there. If you guys aren't going to press, if you guys aren't going to address this, we, we need another body in there. Right. So... Um, this comes back to to your argument of it's not as simple as it seems. You know, everyone was saying, well, why aren't we playing the young players? Why aren't we doing this and that? Uh, sometimes it's not as simple as that. So, um, but look, the, the there are only, in, in my opinion, what one or two that can really hold their head up high um, and say they, not that they gave everything, but they had a good performance, right. a, a decent performance, because no one was good. Yeah. Um, so, uh, look, I thought Darwin was Darwin gave everything, as he always does, and I thought Brent Coleman, again, look, I, I know I said I didn't want to single anybody out, but if we are doing this, then let's, let's heap praise on, on the, those that deserve it. And, you know, I thought Brent Coleman, again, continued what has been a fabulous campaign for him, you know, and, and he's, it, it means something to him, yeah. you know, and I'm not saying it doesn't to anybody else, 
but it really means something to him. He's from here, you know. He's he's been in the Twin Cities a long time. It's, you know, it's it's arguably. I, I wouldn't argue if someone said it's his club if he feels it's his club, you know. And um, I thought he defended diligently and and did just about everything he could to be honest. But um, just not good enough, Steve. Um, and everyone knows this. And now we we have to to go up against one of the best centre forwards still in world football in LA Galaxy, which I'm sure we'll get to later on. But yeah, it's just. Um, it it's it, uh, as as bad as it is, but it's not good enough from my part really either. Being a commentator, not being able to think of <laughs> words to describe what we've just seen, but it, it was disgraceful. And at the end as well, the the in inverted commas brawl was was comical as well. I mean, it was just embarrassing. Yeah. From from both sides, you know. And look, the Rapids should be embarrassed and ashamed. Tommy Smith in particular. I mean, that's. That's unbelievable what he's done there. He knows exactly what he's doing. And, yeah. you know, I know Adrian said at the end as well, he was disappointed that some of the players reacted. Um, I don't think that'll be the last we, we hear of that particular incident for sure. No, I think there'll be some more fallout to come from that. I I think that looking at it uh, from my perspective, I, I really feel like, you know, I'm not, I can't stand in judgment of, there, there, again, it, there's so many elements um, from, you know, players, coaches, the way the team is assembled, like all this stuff, like that goes into the, a moment, like where a team just comes up short like mm-hmm. that. Um, I, I can't tell you who's to blame for that. Like I'm a writer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've watched a lot of soccer now over the mm-hmm. last two years, but certainly not as much as, um, you know, Adrian has watched, not as much as any of these players have watched or played yep. or, you know, there's just so much that goes into that, you know? Um, but, you know, I, I watched the game like anybody else. I know there's lots of people out there who have opinions. The thing that stuck with me is that I just felt like I I saw a team that just had no idea what to do with the ball. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, it just had no – there was no directionality to it. I think that early on it seemed like they were having their way with Colorado in the first five minutes or so. Yep. Um, Angelo had a great look um, Which very if, early If he on. scores that, it's a very different uh, game. Totally the, the game completely. Um, but then as soon as they – you know, there's sort of that that thing of everybody has a plan until they punch you in the face, uh, until you get punched in the face. And I feel like as soon as – I feel like on Colorado's first decent offensive possession, they got a corner kick. And it felt like th- th- there was just a deflation. Uh, mm. And it was like then Colorado the, – the, the, the possession at first had gone really in favor of Minnesota. And then it just tipped. And it seemed like Minnesota couldn't hold on to the ball. Mm. And when they were holding on to the ball – they weren't doing anything. It was like, what are we doing here? Like, what is the identity? Like, are we are we trying to counterattack? Are we trying to fall back and then strike back? Are we trying to build possession through the middle? It's just like, you know, our offensive players stopped seeing the ball partway through the game. It felt like, it felt like there was just this lack of directionality um, to it. And I and you know, I know everybody who's involved in it is going to be looking very carefully at these last two games, especially whatever happens against the Galaxy, which we'll talk about. Whatever happens against Columbus. Mm. To, to lose that badly on the road and then that badly at home back to back as the as the season is winding down when sure the team is out of playoff contention but as Adrian has stressed multiple times everybody's you know playing for a spot yep um and I think that includes Adrian you know like he's he, he I'm sure he feels like he has to he wants to keep this job you know mm-hmm. he wants to He's talked about having a three-year plan. They've talked about like trying to let it go long enough. I think if you look at what happened in Orlando uh, after they let him go yep. very early, they've never really recovered from that. I think there's a lot of wisdom to um, patience yep. with, a, with a coach and trying to give them 
uh, he also has to be given the, the pieces that he needs. We've talked about this before, of the system he wants to play and the players he wants in order to be able to play that system. Uh, all of that has to go together. Everybody has to be on the same page. Right now, it doesn't seem like that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sure there's a lot of, of, of people looking around and trying to figure out how you how, what needs to be done, not just for next week, but for next season as well. Yeah, it, it's just not good enough overall throughout the entirety of the franchise. It's just not good enough from everybody. And and everyone knows that, you know, what I'm, I'm sure you've felt it as well, Steve, walking through the office at Golden Valley this morning, there is a very dour feeling right now because everyone's yeah. just extremely disappointed with, with how this year has gone and, and particularly how the last two games have gone. So, you know, the, the best way to, to fix this now would, would be to, to get a victory against the Galaxy. Yeah. Um, that's the only way. Look, victories and wins fix everything. You know, that's <laughs> yes. the ultimate answer for, yeah. for everything. Um, but... Look, it's as I, as I've said several times now. It's it's not good enough, and I think there's going to be a lot of really difficult conversations had in the off season. Yeah, um, let's touch briefly on VAR because we can't, <laughs> we can't go anywhere through a game without talking about video review. Yep. Um, it, the things that I want to say are as, as far as the actual usage of video review to ensure that you are getting the call correct. Both calls were absolutely correct. Yep. Angelo was absolutely offside, and that's something he's going to have to reckon with mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, however, the implementation of it, <laughs> where the teams stand around for four to five minutes while this stuff is reviewed, is, and pardon my French, an absolute garbage fire yep. <laughs> like for the league that completely ruins the flow and feel of the game. You know, I think, and I, and I firmly believe, I mean, maybe I, I would be a little bit less bitter about it, but I feel like I would feel the same way if we had been the beneficiaries of it and we had won 2-0 and two of their goals had been called back. Mm-hmm. I mean, I probably would have been like, well, you know, I, some of it would have been, that's the that's the way this is. But honestly, I feel like I would have been like, that's not a great way to win a game. It 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 it, it feels terrible. It ruins the flow for the players. I, yeah. think, I think Adrian put a pretty fine point on it at the, at the presser when he said, you know, it's one thing to know the rules of the game and to be able to establish like where the rules have been um, broken. It's mm. another to understand the game itself and what it means for the game to be being played out there. And, you know, and again, I'm not, I don't, VAR is not going away. Nope. Um, it's, it's here to stay, but it, this is a flow based game. This is a tempo mm-hmm. rhythm pace game that doesn't stop for anything. So to have it suddenly stop yeah. for five minutes while everybody stands around in kind of chilly weather, it just, it just breaks up the game in this really gross way that, yeah. that is not great. Well, that, that was the original fear, wasn't it, with this whole thing, was that it's going to stop the play. It's going to stop the rhythm of, of the game. And, you know, um, that's why they've only um, identified certain things that are reviewable because, you know, if you end up reviewing throws and everything, then it's it, the game's ruined completely. But uh, I, I won't disagree with you, Steve. It's... It, it's it's borderline preposterous, really, as to to how this has been handled. Now, I, I don't I don't understand why why we are where we are. We've been doing this for what eighteen months now, and I said this I think maybe on on this podcast or elsewhere when we had an issue with it in Salt Lake where we were given the wrong information. Why is it working so well in every other league? Yeah. Why is it flawless almost in the Bundesliga? Why did it look so great in the World Cup? And yet we have issues here. I don't understand. Um, the referees, the officials have very difficult jobs. We all know absolutely, that. Absolutely. And I would never, ever want to be a referee. Uh, but for me, that there is that, you mentioned that sort of four or five minute phase 
when no one seems to have any idea what's going on. Right, right. And that, from a broadcaster, that's my biggest complaint, is that what, what are we supposed to do here? Like, yeah. we've got however many thousands of people at the game wondering what's going on. Yeah. You've got our audience at home wondering what's going on. What, what are we supposed to do? You know, like there's, there's got to be a better way of getting the information out quicker. Now, I hope this is something that they, they talk about seriously and they review in the off-season because right now it's four, five, sometimes even more minutes of just utter confusion. And it's, again, it's not good enough that there has to be, there has to be a way to solve this. There yeah. has to be. And we arguably, you know, have, um, you know, you're, you're in the position of having to talk about this as it's happening. And so people are telling you things in your ear and you're yep. trying to convey this. That's very difficult. As, as we're sitting there in the, in the press box watching this or watching at home, we arguably have the most information because we're at least being shown what is being reviewed, mm. right? Um, so we might not know exactly why or exactly what element of what is being shown is being reviewed. Right. Um, because if we're relying on you and you're relying on someone else to re- <laughs> relay yep. it to you, you know, but we're at least seeing it. The players on the field yeah. <laughs> who are just standing there. Yep. With no idea what's going on. Like, there's no continuity. And then the people in the stands, you know, the thousands of people who are watching this game, they have, you know, nothing's on the big board that's telling you. You just know that there's a review or there might be a review. And Mm -hmm. then then they come out and they make the sign and then it's a review. And then you're like, well, you don't know what they're reviewing. And then all you hear is someone say, well, he was offside. And then that's all you know. Yeah. Like, it's tremendously frustrating, I think, for fans. And there's just got to be a better way. Like I said, I don't think it's going away. I think the idea of it is admirable. I think there's certain situations in which you you obviously want it to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that there's got to be a balance there. I think it's just not working. It's just not giving the results that you want. As In terms of accuracy, terrific, sure. right? But you always have to balance accuracy with the experience. And I think that the experience is being shortchanged by that. But, so. I mean, look, and, and you pointed it out just before we started uh, getting into this, that ultimately they got the decisions right. Yes. You know, and that's the be all and end all. And, and you know, well done to the officials for that. We're just a bit frustrated with the process of it. And there has to be a better way to, to do this. Because as I said, you know, I watch the Bundesliga regularly. And most times, 95% of the times, it's flawless. It's, it's so quickly done. Yeah. I don't understand why we can't do this in our league. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think there's, I think to some extent you have to accept... I mean, how many how many plays have there been prior to VAR that should have been called back because of some specific thing? Like, you know, I th- I think the Angelo ones are maybe a little bit more clear, especially since he was instrumental in with that first goal that mm-hmm. got called back. I mean, he was the guy who got the ball. Yep. But that 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 other one that was you know Darwin was slightly offside. You know, like on the this the when the the header came forward and then he came back to get it behind the player, right? Oh, the Salt Lake. The Salt Lake. Sorry, I was was blanking on the team, but you know, so it was Brent headed it forward, right? And Darwin was offside by a bit. Yes, but he had to track like all the way back to get it. And I'm like, okay, now the 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 letter of the law is the letter of the law, right? But how many plays have there been like that over decades that it's just like you just you missed it, you know? Like, and on on another day you get it. Like the next week one goes against you. Like you have to kind of you know like this idea that there's some kind of perfect justice out there. Like we Mm -hmm. don't get that in life. Like nobody gets. No, no, you can't. Like tons of calls go against you all the time. Like you Mm -hmm. get away with speeding all the time. Then you get caught, (laughs) right? Like. 
this is the way it is. So it's the way I, life is. If yes. it was easy, everybody would do it, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, palate cleanser. Whew. Yeah. My brother, Sean McPherson, mm. uh, who is a DJ for The Current, uh, is fond of asking questions. Uh, on Twitter, he'll get up on it and ask questions. He asked last night, if you could only eat at four Twin Cities restaurants, so you can pick four restaurants in the Twin Cities for all your meals, um, which means you can you can cook yourself, obviously. This is not, you don't have to go out to eat every time. But basically, anytime you go out to eat, you have to pick one of these restaurants. Okay. Which, which four restaurants, Callum Williams, would you, would you choose? Wow. Well. Again, I don't like to prep you for this. I like to just, uh, yeah. I like to get the first. Hey, that's good. I, I like reacting to stuff like this. Yeah. Um, so, uh, it, look, it, but by no means is it the, the the best food in the world, but one one I will always say because it's literally across the street from me and it's my local is is the Bulldog downtown. Yeah, that, hey, that's you perfect. Know, it's it's you got to balance comfort yep. with you know like you're gonna have to, it's gonna have to cover all your bases. So. Exactly, I, yeah. I find myself there you know a um, couple of times uh, you know a month or whatever, and um, it, it's just my local spot. So I, I think there's something to be said there. Yes, you know? absolutely. Um, that there are a couple of other places as well. I can't remember. There's one um, when you go over the bridge and you're. This is downtown Minneapolis. So when you go over the bridge into northeast, and sure. you've got that lovely little area on the waterfront, and it's yes. got the cobbled streets. Yes. Um, is it Wild Roast? No, it's. I like Wild Roast. It used to be a tavern of some sort, and they have a tremendous burger now. I can't what it's called. Oh, I know. It's like on the River Walk. Yes. Yes. <sighs> I can't what it's called. Um, it's. The, what what they have um, in in terms of food there. Now I've only I've only been a couple of times, so maybe this is me I, just. I, I'm, I'm looking it up right now. You keep talking. What what I'm what I enjoyed about it was they have a tremendous patio out front, and yes, you know, re- really good in in the summer sort of slash fall when it's when it's not too cold outside, and no, it's, a, it's a pub, right? Is it is it Prakna? Is that the place? No. I know that's that's right there. It's, I know that I, I know the exact place you're talking. Yeah. About. Oh my word! There's going to be someone listening to this podcast, and I was going to be screaming. Yeah, I know they're going to be so mad at us. <laughs> it's. Um, I, I just remember, as I said, I went there a couple of weeks ago, and it was absolutely wonderful. Hideaway, Hideaway Burger Bar, or Hefe Urban Hacienda. Hideaway sounds familiar. Hideaway. Yeah, I is think it that's right, the place. Is it right on the front? Yeah, it's like right across from the Astor Cafe, which is like the coffee place that's right there. Um, Hideaway, I mean, Hideaway Burger Bar sounds like your spot. It's I, I can see the the patio right here. It's got like the wooden. Yes. Yes, okay, Hideaway. It used to be a tavern it, of some sort. It's like, sort. like Tugs or something. Tugs, like that. that's it. Yeah, yes, it used okay. to be Tugs okay. Tavern. Yeah, yes. well, whatever it's called now. Yes. That That is because they have the most unbelievable burger right. I've ever had in my life. All um, right. Not that I'm not a burger guy. I, I just prefer... Other things, but sure. um, yeah, that that's absolutely that would be in there for sure. Uh, I, I'm just me personally. I'm going to say Brits as well, just because sure. it has the some of the traditional British food that I that I do miss from from back home sure. as well. Um, and that fourth vacancy may very well just be that it may be open for business. You know, I I'm mean, I've, sure. I've I've had a load of different places that I yeah. really enjoy in the Twin Cities, but. I'll have a think about it. Okay. You? Maybe we can take some listener suggestions. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, so. I'm always up for suggestions. Yeah. You know, I know 
Uh, a couple of people have told me there's some lovely little places in Wyzetta as well that I've got to yeah, go to. But. Yeah, there's some. There's always those. I love those articles in Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine or mm -hmm. Minnesota Monthly where they talk about like the best new restaurants and things like that. Because I'm always like, I got to check out some of these places. I'm trying mm -hmm. to do a better job. Over the last several years with small children, I have not been able to get to some of these places. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm trying to be uh, a little more conscious about checking them out. So um, yeah, I went with um, so. One of my favorites that's local to me is Senyai Senlek, which is a Thai restaurant okay. uh, near me. I really like Asian food, so I wanted something Asian. In the Twin Cities, we don't do Chinese terribly well. Um, there's a couple of Chinese places I really like. Rainbow is fantastic, which is okay. on Eat Street. Um, little Szechuan in St. Paul is very good. But the Thai food is really good. And Sen the thing that I like about Senyai Senlek is that I, I think that a lot of times when you go to Thai restaurants um, or a lot, of, a lot of Asian restaurants, you sort of get that thing of – well, here are the, the stir fries and then they have – you can get chicken or beef or pork and then chicken or beef or pork. And they're sort of – you're just kind of picking based on, oh, I want some red peppers in this or I feel like basil or things like that. Uh, I feel like Senyai Senlak has a lot of dishes that are sort of particularly curated and are, are, are unique uh, to them. They have a great uh, soup uh, that is sort of like a faux actually soup okay. um, that I really like. And then there was – they have different fried rice things. Um, they have uh, one that has a fried egg on top of it, uh, sort oh, of well. a stir Okay. fry with fried egg and rice. So uh, Senyai Senlek is good for me. It's, it's flexible. I, I, I could get a lot of different things from there, but uh, it provides that Asian thing. Um, I have to have a pizza place. Yeah. Um, so Young Joni is my choice for that, which is in Northeast, uh, which I've only been to a couple times, but every pizza I've had there has been fantastic. Okay. Um, I also really like Punch for your everyday pizza needs, and uh, Black Sheep is very good. Do you know I was thinking about Black Sheep Black as Sheep well. Is, Black Sheep's very good. Black Sheep is like right behind Young Joni. I did, Young Joni has a little more diversity of things I would like to try there, mm -hmm. so uh, I'll go with that. I wanted some place nice. Mm -hmm. um, of the nice places that I go, I think the most consistent for me is Bar La Grassa. Uh, heard about this place. Yeah, it's fantastic. Really? I, it's, it's really nice because you can go and sit at the bar. Um, you know, it can be kind of mellow. Like you don't have to – it doesn't have to be super formal, but it also feels like you're going out for something nice. And, you know, they just have a, a tremendous diversity of offerings from – you know, it's, it's Italian food. So you can have some pasta. Or you could get like, you know, they have fish, they have uh, all kinds of different types of, they have, you know, appetizers that are different, antipasti and things like that. So, and everything I've had there has been just fantastic. So, okay. so Bar La Grassa. And then my last choice was Revival, which is amazing fried chicken and burgers. Okay. Uh, so that's, there's one in St. Paul and there's one in, in uptown, in, or not uptown, South Minneapolis, I guess. Okay. I'll, um, I'll have to, to give it a go. Yeah. And I, I just remembered the, the one place which I, I failed to mention, whether <laughs> it's funny how this works, I've only got two that I failed to mention. Sure. Um, and one is very close to me again it's a lovely little cocktail lounge called Eli's oh yes Eli's has got some really good food somebody else recommended that as well really so. good really good food okay. um, so yeah recommend that and the other one is just down the road called Four Bells okay Four Bells has got some really good food as well uh, I highly recommend that and how can I how can I even forget this oh my word I, I'm <laughs> the, the best place I've eaten in the Twin Cities All how right. can I even forget this is the butcher and the boar? Uh, the butcher and the boar is just yeah. absolutely phenomenal. Food. It's been a while since I've been there, but I should go there again. It's fantastic, unbelievable. So I, I, my mind is all over the place this morning. That's okay. I, I just couldn't remember that. So yeah, butcher and the boar is is the best place I've eaten in the Twin Cities. Yeah, I'd like to go back there again. The last time I went there was on a date with uh, my wife when I think our oldest, who is now six, was only like two. So oh, it's, well, been, it's, it's been, been a while. while. Um, but the, the 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 funny story about that is it was the first time we'd gotten to go out on a date in a while. You know, mm. with a two year old, you, you haven't gotten sure. that many opportunities. And my sister in law was 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 watching uh, Maggie. 
And we got to the butcher and the boar. We hadn't been out. We probably hadn't gone out within like six months or something like that. And we sit down and the phone, my phone rings and it's not a number I recognize. I'm like, I'm not answering it. No. Uh, and then there's like a voicemail and I'm like, okay, I better okay. go check this. So I go into the lobby uh, or like the, the sort of the foyer or whatever and listen to the voicemail. And somebody was like, Hey, uh, yeah, I have, I have your dog. <laughs> I was like, okay. okay. So I called him back. He's like, yeah, he was in our, 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 our yard or something like that. And you know, his, the, the, my phone number is on his tag and everything mm-hmm. like that. I was like, okay. So I called my sister-in-law and she didn't pick up and I'm like, Oh my God. Like, <laughs> What what could have happened? Uh, basically, the upshot like no <laughs> nobody had broken into the house and let the dog out and whatever. The the the, the circumstances were essentially that uh, it, it, he made a break for it when the when the door was a little bit open and got away. But then you know my sister in law couldn't leave because you know Maggie was there sure. and my my daughter and so uh, so this neighbor was very nicely took care of the dog. We finished our dinner, but it was one of those moments where I was like, we just not, we're not allowed to go out. Like <laughs> we can't, we're not allowed. So. Um, yeah, uh, footnote to the, the list of restaurants. A lot of people said Brasa and Brasa is very high up there for me. Okay. Um, the way that I thought about it is that you end up eating Brasa at so many events in the twin cities. Like it's right. almost always like one of the things that cater people mm-hmm. use it to cater to their weddings. You're going to have Brasa. So I don't worry about Brasa. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, let's, let's move on to, I wanted to make that note. It's important because Brasa is absolutely one of my favorite restaurants. Let's move on to 50 K to Midway. Versus the LA Galaxy. Let's. On to better things, okay? Hmm. Um, as you alluded to, the team really has to step up and deliver. Yep. This is this is, this is is the game. This is a real chance to get as many as people, as many people as possible from every walk of life mm-hmm. out to experience the atmosphere of live soccer in a sold-out stadium. It, it, I've been thinking that it's actually it's it's going to provide in some ways. Obviously, Allianz Field is smaller. Yep, it's going to be about twenty thousand, right? Mm-hmm. But it's going to provide some of that feel because it'll have the feel of sold outness. It'll yes, have the feel yes. of of packed. Um, and I think in that way it'll be sort of an effective preview for Allianz Field. Yeah, I completely agree with that. That's a very good way of looking at it. I I can't tell you how excited I am about this, Steve. It's because it's it's also a game that that really means something as well. You know, Minnesota could really really step on the throat of LA Galaxy and their playoff push. And and look, I know the debate right now is, you know, will Zlatan Ibrahimovic come? For everything I've heard, yes, he's, he's going to be here. He's going to come simply because the Galaxy have to win this game. Yeah, they if have you, to if, win this you game. know, the talk has been Zlatan's going to play in the playoffs, right? Like wherever the playoffs go. Yep. But, play. nope. but if you don't get there, yep. you don't get to play exactly. there. Exactly. So. So to my knowledge, he's here. He's going to, he's going to be here rather. And um, that in itself is going to be a draw to people, no doubt. But yeah, it's... I think I said this the last podcast we had, Steve, or maybe you and I were chatting in the office. I'm excited for people like yourself who perhaps haven't seen soccer at that level in yes. terms of the amount of people in, in one stadium. Yeah. I, I can't wait. It's it's going to be uh, such a historic day for, for soccer in this in this state, in, in the Twin Cities. I'm really excited. We, we should point out um, it's it's gotten so much attention, not only in the Twin Cities, but around the country. Um, it, it's gotten that good of a reputation that ESPN have picked up the game. Yeah. So the game will be televised nationally. People have a chance to watch it all around the country, which is great. We're going to do the call on, on 1500 ESPN, uh, which I'm looking forward to a radio commentary. I haven't done one all year. Um, That's a lot harder. You can't just be like, what, that guy. Yeah. You know the guy. You <laughs> yeah. gotta... have to paint a picture. And <laughs> I didn't, you know, um, Dan Terha, who does a, a fabulous job on our radio play-by-play on, on 1500 ESPN, has done them all. Um 
and uh, you know we kept it consistent because we've only had two national games all year. But but this one, um, I'm very excited about doing the commentary. It's where I've come from, radio. So I'm I'm very very excited about doing this. And um, you know, as I said, uh, I, I, I sort of prefer radio as a commentator to be honest, because you are needed much more, as you mentioned. You know, you have sure. to paint the picture. But um, just excited, Steve. It, it's going to be a monumental day for soccer in Minnesota. Yeah. There's a, a ton of stuff happening. That's the other thing that's going to yep. be really fun. I think it's not It's not just going to be, hey, let's get a lot of people here to watch the soccer game. The soccer game is going to be terrific. But I have a short list of some things to talk about. Uh, there's going to be a, a pregame concert on oh, the really? West Plaza by Sawyer's Dream, local band. Good. There's going to be a postgame concert by oh. Harmar Superstar in the same spot. And, and Harmar is great. He's a fantastic performer mm-hmm. uh, if you haven't seen him. I saw him do the Sam Cooke tribute. Uh, thing that he has been doing uh, at the Dakota uh, last uh, Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. It's terrific. So Harmar is a fantastic perf- uh, performer. Uh, before the game, there's also going to be the Target Bullseye Fan Zone, which has been around before. There's mm-hmm. music there, giveaways, uh, all kinds of stuff happening out on Oak Street. Um, the National Anthem, there's a lot of li- cool little things, I think. The National Anthem is going to be performed by over 200 people. Uh, which has been put together by Vocal Essence. They're an organization who really wants to get everybody to sing. Mm-hmm. And so they, they're playing from choirs from all over the state. People are going to be there. Um, and everyone, they, everyone's going to sing, and they want everybody to sing, you know, which I think is terrific. Yeah. Uh, and then one of my favorite things, the Toyn Co- the, the co- I, wrote, I literally wrote Toyn Koss. <laughs> All right, so it's a Monday. The coin toss is <laughs> <laughs> the coin toss is going to be performed by Larry Zell, who was at the Kicks game in '76 when they set the record. Oh, that's awesome. for for Brilliant. attendance for a soccer game. <laughs> so uh, for a Minnesota soccer game, so which I think is really cool. Uh, you know, I I wasn't even around in '76 uh, at that point. Uh, so you know wow. that that tells you how long ago it was because <laughs> I'm old AF. So. Uh, so Larry's going to be there to do the toy, the toy costs. I'm just going to keep saying it. It's so funny. <laughs> I was looking at it. Okay, it's in my notes, and I'm looking at it. It's red underlined. And I'm like, why is that red underlined? And then I read it. I was like, ah, yeah. But... <sighs> Lovely. Lovely job. You need so, some more coffee, mate. I know. I, okay, so um, – yeah, I, you know, I, I'm looking forward – I'm personally just looking forward to being there, like you're saying, to sort of soak it in a little bit. I yeah. think that I, I tend to be up in the in the booth, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I, I have to do the recap, and so I like to be able to see the whole field and everything like that. It's a little tough to be down on the mm-hmm. sidelines. But I think I'm going to have to make a point to get out there you and should. just walk around a little bit. Uh, maybe I can fob off my – assignment for the recap onto uh, my tireless intern, Ryan Evans, who's terrific um, uh, for this and see what else I can, I can draw because from it, because I just feel like there's going to be, there's going to be stories there that, you know, I'm going to want to, I'm going to want to write something about that. Just just absolutely. Yeah. I I mean, you do it for research purposes, right? (laughs) So you're still technically working. Oh, absolutely. Um, (laughs) I I would absolutely do that, Steve, that that'd be a a really good experience to to have. Um, I, I would encourage people get there early. Because the bigger the crowd, the bigger the lines are going to oh, be, yes. I would assume. We absolutely so. have to emphasize that. Is yeah. If you have not been to a Loons game this year, if this is the first one you're coming to, I mean, there's people who have experience. But if you're getting there like five minutes before kickoff, you're, no you're too late. You're yep. way too late. That's And that's for regular ones. Mm-hmm. And we've had 25,000, 26,000 people there. Um, it's going to take a long time. We're going to have all the gates open, yep. uh, which is going to help. But it's still only a certain number of gates, mm-hmm. and it's a lot of people. So I honestly – 
Get there early. There's gonna be fireworks after the game. You'll get a you'll get you get a lot of entertainment. Yep. Get there early. Fantastic soccer game. You get to see those Latans. And mm. then there's fireworks. There's gonna be a presentation about Allianz Field. You're gonna see some cool stuff on the big board. Oh yes. Uh, it, you know it's gonna be great. So got a lot planned, haven't we? Come early. Yes. Is the message? Absolutely. I'm I'm excited for it, Steve. It's it's gonna be as I mentioned a really really great day for for soccer in Minnesota. Great that we've got. So many kicks players coming as well. I mean, yes. they're, they're a, a, as big a part of this as, as anybody. So, um, delighted that they're coming and, and um, you know, hoping that they have a, a really good experience as well. Um, it's going to be a great day. I, I really can't wait for it. Um, and as I said, you know, on your way here, get here early. But on your way here, just turn on 1500 ESPN. We have plenty of pre-game yeah. festivities coming your way. Lots of interviews, lots of uh, really good previews coming your way. Um and just get ready for what is going to be an absolutely wonderful day. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us for the 32nd Sound of the Loons podcast. Minnesota United's next match is that big fan appreciation 50K to Midway match this Sunday, October 21st at 4 p.m. against the LA Galaxy and presented by Star Tribune. Be sure to leave us a nice review on iTunes or at the very least a five-star rating. And you can follow the team on Twitter at MNUFC. You can follow Cal Williams at CalWilliams.com and me at Steve Entris. And remember, there's only one person in this whole world like you, and people can like you exactly as you are. <laughs>